data is going to be a big part uh, of our future. So having a more data-driven decision-making model within the firms. From Ray and Associates Studio, this is Unsuitable, a management and financial services podcast for entrepreneurs, tenured business leaders, and others who are ready to look beyond the suit and tie culture for meaningful, measurable results. I'm Doug Hauser. On this weekly podcast, thought leaders and business professionals break down complicated and mundane topics and give you the business tips and insight you actually need to grow as a leader while helping your organization to grow and thrive. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want access to even more information, show notes, and exclusive content, please visit our website at www.racecpa.com slash podcast and sign up for updates. Keeping your organization's information and computer systems safe can be tricky, but assessing current processes and recommending new and innovative software could put you on the right path to grow your organization. Today, Daryl Williams, Chief Information Officer at Brain Associates, is here to talk about a few IT initiatives that we are doing internally to ensure information safety. Welcome to Unsuitable, Daryl. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate you having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Great to have you on and uh, so thankful that that you're a part of our organization uh, as Chief Information Officer, obviously with with COVID and the pandemic and everything, you know, you had to pivot, I'm sure, very, very quickly to uh, dealing with some things in a little more current manner than you thought. Talk about how that played out and and what happened, how it impacted your world as, as Chief Information Officer. Sure. So that's a great question. When COVID, you know, really came about back in March when everybody was, uh, you know, going home, you know, a lot of companies, uh, organizations out there did have some pretty good remote uh, working strategies. They had a, a really good vision for what they, uh, what they wanted to do. It wasn't a very uncommon thing, but what a lot of organizations was not prepared for was 100% remote working. Uh, a lot of organizations uh, will, you know, will will try to balance that out. You know, maybe they want to do thirty percent at one time, fifty percent at one time, but but never um, preparing for a hundred percent remote working probably was never discussed, just because of the budgetary aspect of licensing and having uh, all the different technologies uh, running all the applications that need to support the business uh, from a remote working standpoint. So the biggest challenge uh, was was just getting scaling that out, you know, in several days just to just to support that 100% working remotely environment. Yeah, well, I can say, uh, you know, thank you from, from our perspective, because I thought all things considered, it, it went very, very smoothly across our firm. So I appreciate that. But uh, let's, let's talk about our, our firm a little bit. You know, we have uh, the four cornerstones of people, firm, clients, and, and growth. So talk a little bit for us about how IT kind of enhances uh, each of those those things in, in terms of the, the cornerstones of, of our firm. Can you can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great, great question. So when we look at the uh, people cornerstone, one of, one of the things that, um, you know, I like to do uh, from a strategic standpoint is tie our initiatives into the, you know, the strategic uh, plan and the, and the Ray way. Uh, and that Ray 3.0 is coming up as well. So as we look at the people side of things, 
I think of that with, you know, our internal staff and our internal employees who are working in the office outside of the office. So what we continue to want to do is to evaluate creative methods to enhance our remote workforce. So, you know, coming into January of 2021, uh, we're going to have people in the office, outside of the office, but I still think we're going to have a large remote workforce, uh, just as we did uh, closing out uh, 2020. But we want to continue to get creative uh, with the way we provide uh, remote working. That's not, that's also, you know, as you come into the office and go home to work, we still want to give you that right balance of technology uh, from a hardware standpoint so you can be as productive uh, and as efficient as possible. And then not only from that, but also looking at the way we can deliver and collaborate with technology across our, you know, 14 to 15 office footprint. Uh, in the state of Ohio by being able to collaborate better, to being able to do video, being able to do uh, instant messaging, sharing files easily. Uh, we want to be able to do that uh, very seamlessly. So uh, we are really uh, exploring and expanding our, our research on trying to really provide innovative innovative ways to do that for our people here at Ray. Yeah, I think that's, that's hugely important. I'm glad you bring that up, Daryl, because I, I've noticed that if anything, our, our connectivity across the firm, across our footprint has really improved uh, through this as we've gotten more comfortable and, and really using different technologies uh, rather than just the old, you know, walk down the hall or, or even email. Uh, would, you, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. You look at the uh, one thing that COVID has done on, you know, from a, from a positive experience is it's allowed us and forced us to adopt and and really learn how to use a lot of uh, different collaborative uh, technologies that are out there today. You know, you look at, uh, you know, products like Zoom and from a video conferencing standpoint, you look at products like Microsoft Teams and Slack and all the different collaborative tools out there. It's really, it's really driven adoption uh, across the board, even, even here at Ray. And, uh, you know, we are, we are expanding our collaborative footprint, as well, you're looking at uh, we're rolling out Microsoft Teams full scale, um, you know, with the West Central region this month in January, and we'll be expanding upon that uh, firm wide uh, into uh, into the spring. That's awesome, and I think too, you know, uh, our, what we're doing with our CRM system and the different client connectivity that we've got in terms of information sharing across our firm, you know, that that's been awesome too. I've seen. A lot more, you know, heavier use of that, and it's allowed us to better serve our clients and, and focus on on growth too, uh, with regard to that. So it's it's kind of both, right? It's that internal information sharing, and and also the external, the the client facing, and and the ways we interact with with them. Talk a little bit, maybe about that side of it, the you know that external piece, and and how yeah. how we're trying to improve things uh, from that regard. Yeah, when you look at the uh, the client cornerstone, you know, you, I look at that as you know we're trying to enhance the client experience uh, as much as possible. As we continue to work with our clients, uh, we are piloting uh, different programs uh, right now with a few of our clients, trying to uh, figure out what is the best way for us to collaborate with not only with file sharing but also going in the files at the same time together and being able to co-edit and, and, and co-collaborate within within data files. We're actually um, you know doing that um, 
not only within Microsoft Teams, but also with a, a couple other platforms and, and piling those out and trying just to figure out what that, that best client experience is, because there are so many different solutions out there that you can choose from. Um, so, so what is the best one that, that fits the culture of our organization, fits the culture of our clients? So, you know, that's why we're, we're spending a lot of time this tax season testing out and piloting different platforms. So when we do come out of our, our tax season in April of 2021, we want to be able to, to get that client feedback, get their client experience so that we, uh, we can make the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and talk, uh, if you can, a little bit about how, you know, in today's world, obviously, information security, cybersecurity, how that dovetails in with that. Obviously, there's a lot of concerns around that. We have a yep. certainly a whole separate cybersecurity team and who you work with closely. But talk a little bit about how that uh, folds into that strategy. Sure, absolutely. So cybersecurity, information security is uh, really top of mind for us uh, here at Ray, especially for me being the CIO. Uh, I feel like one of my very most important job duties is to protect our clients' uh, private information, their data privacy, and making sure we're putting our best foot forward and putting in the necessary security controls that are best in breed and, and best practice. So in in this row, I work pretty closely with our uh, cybersecurity uh, executives uh, here at Ray, and we're continuing to do uh, a lot of different things. The, the threat landscape is changing dramatically. Even since the end of the fourth quarter of last year to where we are today, that threat landscape, you look at the companies that have been uh, breached, uh, companies like uh, Ubiquity Networks, which is a big networking company. You look at SolarWinds. Uh, you look at FireEye. FireEye is probably one of the, the most respected companies out there from a security standpoint. And I think it goes to show if you're a target and someone is targeting you, it's very difficult to stop. So the, one of the things that we have to do here at Ray is we have to continue to assess our vulnerabilities. Uh, we have to make sure we understand where we're vulnerable. We got to make sure we put the proper controls in place, which uh, we are doing that. And then, you know, you've got to have, you got to have different um, strategies. And one of the, we have a, a continuous improvement mindset when it comes to cybersecurity and our clients expect that from us and definitely want to um, put our best foot forward and looking at things like vulnerability scans, making sure we understand where all of our data lives uh, on our network so we can put the proper controls in place. And the third thing, and probably one of the most important things any organization can do uh, right now is have a multi-factor authentication strategy. Our clients should have that, uh, we have that, but we have to continue to, to improve upon that strategy. So. As we continue to look forward, any vendor that we partner with from an application cloud-based environment, uh, we've got to make sure we assess you know, their, their multi-factor strategy before we would bring them on board. So um, you know, the security piece is so important and then it can impact our clients. So we got to make sure that we're continuing to educate our clients as well on the best way to secure information, to share information securely. So that's, uh, that's at the forefront of our mind right now. Yeah, and and it's not it's not always a a smooth line as it as it comes to this stuff. You know, there's always sometimes significant changes that cause you know us to look at different way of doing things, and it, it changes maybe the interaction with the client or it's something that they're not used to seeing. But again, it's all in the name of protecting their information, our information, all of this data uh, that's out there, right? 
That's correct. You know, there's a there's a thing that I always like to say that, you know, you cannot eliminate risk. We can only mitigate risk as much as possible with best practices and best in breed controls. So uh, we just got to continue to educate and uh, making sure people are aware of the the most recent threats that are out there and, and what's on that threat landscape so we can uh, prepare ahead of time for it. Now let's let's talk about uh, a little bit more more fun topic, and that's uh, on the growth side. I mean, there's just so much cool stuff out there. Whether you're talking about machine learning and artificial intelligence and and all these kinds of things, let's talk about about that a little bit and, and what that can mean for not only for for us but uh, for for our uh, business owners out there going forward. Yeah, absolutely. So when you look at uh, growth, uh, I think a lot of our growth on the on the technology side is definitely going to come from uh, terms that's pretty popular out there with uh, robot robotic process automation (RPA), and then also um, you know any application and vendor that we bring uh, into the firm, uh, we want to make sure that they have the most robust interface capabilities possible. So. Uh, you know, I've been partnering uh, internally uh, with uh, Leslie Mass. She's leading up our RPA team. And so uh, we are looking at ways to automate the releasing of returns without having someone actually go in and manually release returns to the IRS, being able to build those program interfaces to make that happen. We want to we consider those things and, and look at those things very heavily. You know, the other thing that's really, uh, as we look at our growth, is having a data strategy. Um, and then we've been spending a, a lot of time thinking through what our data strategies should look like. And, 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 it's, and it comes down, it's very, I think, very simple in its most simplistic form. It's like, okay, what business decisions or questions are we trying to solve and answer? And if we can figure out what that is, we can then determine where the data lives to be able to, to answer those questions. So, you know, we must then identify where the data lives so we can then extract it and then be able to run the analytics against it to, to answer those questions. So those are a couple of the, the real exciting pieces that we have going on right now. And it's really popular in our industry right now as you look at RPA and you look at uh, APIs, application program interfaces, and how we can automate and and just do uh, do more with automation to save that time. And, you know, that's what we're doing. And the data piece is really, really exciting as well. Yeah, very cool stuff. So, but l- let's talk about, say, the ramifications of that maybe long-term. What does that mean for not only our clients, but our, our people too, as we as we perhaps work differently or, or uh, more efficiently with, with regard to all that? What does, what does that shift mean over time? Yeah, so as we become more data analytic as we look at data analytics even more in depth as you look at the commodity size of our business from a tax and audit standpoint so if you look at the tools like the AICPA is developing on the audit side with their new dynamic audit solution that's got a lot of AI built into it it's got a lot of data components built into it to where other firms that are going to be using that solution, you're going to be able to benchmark your client with other clients in the same industry. So I think as we look at our our people side, and as these uh, technologies mature, you know, return return prep is becoming more automated. Return um, review is going to become more automated because of AI. It's going to be able to look at that data in a in a tax return individual or corporate. 
and it's going to be able to pick out things that you should be investigating. So being able to analyze data more so than preparing the, the data, putting it in the system is going to be extremely important. So it's, yeah, it's really getting more around the, the output and, and the thought process. What does this mean for, for planning and, and different, you know, different things going forward so we can have more of those, spend more of that time really having that dialogue with clients, right? And, and not so much with the compliance part of it. That's correct. Yep, that is correct. And we're seeing that in the, on the tax side, the audit side. And then, you know, I think as we look at data, you know, we're going to be able to then take the information we get from that data and provide another level of value to our clients to help them make their business decisions a lot easier today by using that technology. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I, I think that's something I've always enjoyed, uh, you know, trying to focus on with clients is having those kind of macro discussions about their their business and what can we do to, to think ahead and, and, you know, think about different scenarios, what you know, what their goals might be and, and all that kind of cool stuff. So that's, that's very fun. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's really going to change. I mean, it's it changed the industry a lot. And I think, um, you know, the, the big winner out of all of this is technology enhancements are, are going to be our clients. And yeah. uh, that's, that's one thing that excites me is being able to provide a level of value, uh, you know, to our clients with this type of information. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's mind boggling to think about. I, I can't wrap my head around all of it. You know, when I hear some of this stuff like artificial intelligence and and machine learning, it, it's it's sort of uh, scary at the same time. So, um, you know, as all of our information these days is really kind of out there up, up in the cloud, what's what are the, you know, the overarching risks of of that? from just kind of a macro society uh, perspective, anything there that, that comes to mind? Yeah. When, when we look at the cloud, you know, you, I, I look at it in two sort of two pieces. You have your software as a service uh, type solution sets. And then when you look at the cloud, you have your infrastructure as a service solution. So uh, some companies uh, have taken the step in recent years to take their data centers, their, their brick and mortar data centers, and then have that hosted in the cloud, uh, you know, by a third party. And what I have found um, in, in doing that in the past is from a security standpoint, the physical security standpoint, you are improving your security posture, I think, greatly by doing that and, and protecting your client's information uh, much better because you're in a 24 by 7, 365 facility that's monitored the data, the backup strategies can be much better and much cheaper uh, than what you can do internally. And then as you look at the software as a service component, say such as, uh, you know, a, a CCH access or uh, something like that, that we use quite a bit, even with the AICPA and their DAS model, which will be cloud-based, you know, the software is going to be running in the cloud. The data will be stored in the cloud. But, the, but at the same time, from a security standpoint, you have to make sure you do your due diligence on those products to make sure they're following proper protocol. And then as we talked about cybersecurity a little bit more, part of any cybersecurity strategy within a, within a company or organization, they should have a due diligence process to evaluate the security of any, any cloud vendor. Um, it, it does provide a level of convenience, especially during these COVID times when you can go anywhere and right. access this data pretty much on any device. 
but uh, you need to make sure that you are looking at two-factor authentication, multi-factor for these vendors. Uh, you want to make sure they have a good recovery plan. Uh, you want to make sure you uh, review their uh, SOC reports and that they've been audited against from a security operation and control standpoint. So, uh, you know, as you look at the cloud and the convenience that it does provide, you know, it is up to you as the company that's contracting with these providers to do your due diligence and making sure proper security calls, uh, protocols are being followed. Yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing I think about too, with, with, you know, now this, we're all working more remotely or hybrid, much more so than ever. Um, we've got devices that we're carrying all over the place, obviously. How do you, how do you deal with some of that from a security perspective and making sure that we're providing the convenience and efficiency we want for our employees, but balancing uh, that, that security side of it? What, what are some of the things we do there? Yeah, so uh, depending on an organization, you know, we we as a as a firm, uh, we do BYOD, bring your own device when it comes to say a smartphone or a tablet, for example. So you, an organization needs to make sure they have proper policies in place uh, during a BYOD environment. So, um, so you bring a, a person brings in their personal smartphone and tablet, and they want to connect that to the firm network. So we have to be we have to do our due diligence and make sure that we are requiring encryption on that device. Uh, we got to make sure that we're requiring strong passwords to enter the device, and then we also need to have a way to manage the applications on that device. And we also need to make sure that we can cleanse that device if something if it's lost or stolen. Mm. So you know, as you look at <laughs> everybody wanting to bring in their devices, which is great. Um, some firms won't allow that. Some companies don't allow that. And they may go the, the route of providing devices to their employees, not only laptops, but smartphones and tablets. Yeah. Uh, so that they, so they can control, have more control over those devices from a policy standpoint. Yeah. Pluses and minuses, I guess, guess to each uh, approach there. But like you said, if you're going to do it, uh, the way we do it, which I, I think everybody appreciates, it's it's flexibility. But you've got that encryption and the ability to to cleanse and do all those things and make sure we're protected uh, from that perspective. Yeah, that that can uh, those are those are great. That you know sometimes those there are cons associated with it because you may you know somebody may not want to connect their personal device because if they lose it, they could you know lose any personal information uh, yeah. that's on that device. So you just have to make sure that proper policies are created and uh, education and awareness is uh, you know brought to the forefront of that and usually usually it's fine if as long as that's all outlined before we close Daryl I want um, I'll, I'll challenge you a little bit what if, if we're thinking you know really uh, let's say far into the future because I, I my brain doesn't work this way I can't imagine what we're gonna see you know say five years down the road can you give us you know, Daryl's best guess as to what, what we might be looking at, um, you know, from a, a really big picture perspective, uh, that yeah, far, I, far ahead. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, you know, I definitely see us utilizing the cloud more and more. Um, a lot of the uh, compliance applications that we use and from a tax and audit standpoint, some are cloud-based, some are not. So I can see us moving a lot of those into the cloud. Uh, I could see uh, right now we have 14, 15 office footprint. Uh, I can see a lot of our data moving to the cloud, not only from an application standpoint, from a infrastructure as a service, 
standpoint. Um, so we'll, we're definitely looking at that now. I can see us uh, moving a lot of our uh, enhancing a lot of our security controls and and, and really looking at things like uh, identity ma- identity management much more than than what we are today. Uh, data is going to be a big part uh, of our future. So having a more data driven decision making model within the firm. So as we go out to look at maybe other firms to merge with, or as we look at helping our clients more and having more of a data-driven decision-making process around our data strategy um, is going to be huge for us. And then we will always continue to enhance our security posture. That's going to be something that um, I think uh, our cyber team is already doing with their clients, but we want to leverage their knowledge to actually help Ray even more and, and, and propel us to be a leading uh, leading edge firm in regards to security and protecting our clients' personal identifiable information. Yeah, so so cool. There's just so much to think about, and I think the favorite part for me is how you weave that into our our again our four co- cornerstones of you know people, firm, clients, and, and growth. I think that's uh, that's tremendous. So, and I think the uh, to close on that, you know, five years from now, I, I think every year we're going to see huge enhancements with the tools that we use to collaborate with our clients and to collaborate internally. And uh, it'll be interesting to see five years from now, what the workforce is, are are we going to be all back in office or is it going to be a balance or, you know, what's that going to look like? And uh, one of the things I like doing, doing the most is partnering internally with Ray employees to help select technology, review technology and and implement technology because um, the people that do the work know the work the best and, and having them, you know, help us uh, evaluate and test. Uh, you know, I've got, we're doing a West Central uh, ta- uh, Teams rollout right now with the whole group. And, you know, I've got Elise Carpenter helping us with the rollout of Teams, giving us feedback on the tax side and how we can do that. So that part of my job I probably love the most is partnering internally with our stakeholders and rolling and making sure we're rolling it out the way they would like to, to work with their clients. Yeah, cool stuff, and uh, it's all always fun how we adapt and and uh, you know embrace this stuff going forward. So very very interesting. So thanks again, Daryl. Appreciate you being on. And uh, you're if welcome. You, absolutely. And uh, if you want more business tips and insight, or to hear previous episodes of Unsuitable, please visit our podcast page at www.raycpa.com/podcast. And while you're there, sign up for exclusive content and show notes. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Be sure to subscribe to Unsuitable on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us right now, including YouTube. I'm Doug Hauser. Join us next week for another Unsuitable interview from an industry professional. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance. 